Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune. This May the 20th, 2017. Oh my goodness, have we had major, major developments this week all over the world. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll start this off with Trump signing a $110 billion arms deal with Saudi Arabia. This just hot off the press, ladies and gentlemen, unprecedented. Released today, China crippled CIA by killing 20 U.S. informants between 2010 and 2012. If that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have all kinds of calls for the impeachment of Trump, but today... The ante was up, shall we say, as Representative Al Green held a town meeting on Saturday. And he played recordings of threatening voice messages left at his offices after he called for Trump impeachment. Ladies and gentlemen, some of these threats called into the congressman threatened to lynch him. Ladies and gentlemen, off the charts. As this very week, we all should have seen it coming. Clinton, Brian, and I talked about this, and sure enough, it happened within days of the no-fly zone being declared. It would seem that United States craft violated those zones twice before the Americans even found out about it, that we had went in there and conducted strikes inside the no-fly zone, an outright act of war, completely off the charts, ladies and gentlemen. This week we've had more developments with this cyber attack. Everyone wants to point the finger at North Korea. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's absolutely... Amazing what is going on in the world around us, just now turning into our one-month cycle here of news that's just off the charts. We don't even have time to discuss it all. Now, I checked, and today is Donald Trump's 120th day in office. It would seem that, to me... Since his 100th day, everything has reached the boiling point across this globe. Ladies and gentlemen, I strongly suggest that you get your trays into the upright position. Fasten your seatbelts. We, your hosts, Clinton Co-Watch, Brian Ingram, and Matthew Miller, we have oiled the saddles, and they are ready to ride. 
Are you going to pull those pistols or whistle Dixie?
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune this May the 20th, 2017. Clinton, why don't you jump right on in here and uh, tell us how your week went. Say hello to everybody, then we'll get Brian in the saddle. Yeah, it's good to be back with everyone. Um, you know, to be honest with you, over the last two weeks or so, my head has been kind of spinning. Uh, I think I've been uh, watching all the distractions that has been going on and not keeping my eye on the ball. So I'm glad to be looking at what's, where the, uh, the eye should be, and that uh, should be looking at Israel and what's developing over in the Middle East at this point. So uh, glad to be here and, and ready to go, guys. Good deal. Brian, how's it going this week? Say hello to everybody. Let you know uh, me and Brian's working on new things in the background, I guess. So uh, bring everybody up to speed what's going on uh, with you this week, Brian. Say hello before we jump into the news. All right. Well, you got me here. I'm trying out some new audio stuff. So uh, what are we doing Yeah, I got here you loud and clear. Okay, good. Uh, well, in the middle of... Uh, creating a new new how do we put this news and teaching network that I just launched here and I'll give some more details about that a little bit later in the show I guess before we uh before we uh you know roll into things I would just kind of say you know I would have to agree with uh what Clinton just brought up here, and it's really kind of down to that of uh, determining what's the distraction, um, a.k.a. the circus sideshow in D.C. at the moment, and what are we not keeping our eyes on, or what have we sort of missed here in the midst of it, because had to sit down and reevaluate pretty much multiple things here multiple times over the course of the last few weeks. And, you know, a lot more clarity is starting to come into the picture now that we've kind of sat down and looked over everything again. And some of that's going to come out here tonight when I bring in my end of things. Well, it's funny that you bring up the circus, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, Ringland Brothers and Barlman Bailey Circus is just – they're on their final tour. And sometimes we forget – uh, me and Brian to think about, well, all this stuff is going on. What on earth is going on economically? Ladies and gentlemen, it's bad, okay? That circus predates baseball. It's done. Nobody has the money uh, nor the wherewithal to uh, go to events of mass entertainment like the circus anymore. Uh, so this circus, so to speak, may truly be winding down. Just blew me away when I seen that. Uh, absolutely off the charts. Well, Clinton, why don't you jump in here and get started straight away with your news rant, shall we? Yeah, you know, I, I probably changed what I wanted to talk about probably nine or ten times. Um, it seemed like every time I, I start focusing on something, something else would come up. And finally, when I looked at the news today, it, it all materialized of, of what was pounding me in the head, and that was Trump, Trump, Trump. And, um, you know, I mean, it's it's just crazy to kind of unwind what is developing with uh, the presidency of the United States and, and the impact globally. Uh, the entire world looks at the United States as a beacon of hope, uh, a beacon of glory, uh, something to strive to, something that they they can hopefully achieve. And, and now they're witnessing this 
uh, debacle, I guess you could say, um, of what's going on with our political system. Um, I mean, we have just just speculation, but if it is in any way true, uh, we have Russia highly involved in the White House. Um, I mean, it came out yesterday that uh, Jared Kushner um, was the the informant or the person that's been talking to Russia, um, and that is Donald Trump's son-in-law, um, who is also Jewish. Um, so it's it's unwinding pretty rapidly. I mean, we have with Donald Trump, we have you know this investigation with Matt Flynn um, and his ties to Turkey and, and Russia. We have uh, Manowitz that's tied to Russia. We have Nakushner tied to Russia. Um, we have this speculation that the election was rigged or tampered with. And then we have Donald Trump trying to hide from that. And when the head of the FBI comes to talk to him, he all of a sudden fires the head of the FBI um, and then boasts about how the pressure is off afterwards. I mean, that, that sounds like someone who believes that he is untouchable someone that, that thinks that he can accomplish whatever he wants to accomplish and, and have no repercussions for it. Um, and that's very scary. Um, I mean, you, you think of what he is doing. He's, he's been traveling around, um, meeting with these leaders. He's met with the leader of Egypt he, and worked out to where they came together publicly and said, yes, we're all in support of a peace treaty in the Middle East. Uh, did the same thing with uh, you know, the Palestinians. Uh, they came out, yes, you know, we're, we're all for a treaty, um, even though they've made it clear that the most definitive factor is Jerusalem. And the Arab world, uh, along with Russia and China, believe that the eastern half of Jerusalem should be the capital of the Palestinian state and Israel. And publicly, Donald Trump has said that he believes the entire city of Jerusalem should be the capital of Israel. Well, how is it that Egypt, the Palestinians, and now the Saudis have all come out publicly saying they're all on board for a peace treaty, they're all aboard accomplishing a peace treaty in the Middle East, and we have this crazy world of everyone aligned with what's, what's put together by Russia and China, which is all laying into splitting up the city of Jerusalem. And that is just kind of heading to what is was coming right now. Um, we have the, the President of the United States, Donald Trump, in Saudi Arabia right now. Um, they just met today and came out and said that they're all for making a peace treaty between Israel and Palestine, and that that is their ultimate goal, and that they're going to back it 100%. Well, Behind the scenes, and, and Matthew touched on this earlier, there was a massive deal between the United States and Saudi Arabia, except for it's not just $110 billion. It's $380 billion over 10 years, where the $110 billion is just on military spending. So tanks and planes and armory, that $110 billion just for that. Well, you know, kind of just put in spectrum, the deal that happened last September between the Obama administration and Israel, that everyone was in uproar, that we're giving too much to Israel, was, it, was $38 billion. So this, this triples what we just did to Israel that everyone threw a huge fit for. So 
where's the, the end game? Well, from a, a business standpoint, this is a very smart move. Uh, you basically are buying Alex. Um, did the same thing with China. We just signed a massive deal where we're going to sell natural gas to China. Um, it's going to stimulate the uh, gas industry in the United States massively. Um, and it's going to be funneling all this over to China, um, which is why China is willing to help us with North Korea. Um, I mean, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Hey, I'll grease your palm. You grease my palm. That's that's kind of how it's going. Now we see the interaction between Egypt and, and Saudi Arabia, where there's just some disputed islands that Saudi Arabia wanted for a long time ago. And we talked about this program and Egypt gave it to them. And those islands are very strategic for the Sinai Peninsula. And now we have this deal where Saudi Arabia comes out saying, hey, we're all for peace in the Middle East because you just gave us 300 and some billion dollars to stimulate our economy when we've already announced that we're running out of cash, that we can't keep up, that we as the head of the OPEC nations have got on our knees and begged the United States to stop producing oil because we're dropping the price down substantially to where it's affecting everyone that's an oil producer. We, you know, you look at Venezuela, you look at Brazil, same thing. Saudi Arabia, uh, what was it a year ago, said they had four years before they run out of cash. So they have three years left until they run out of cash. Um, and we just sold them the largest refinery in the United States. So there's a lot of these backdoor deals that are happening with Saudi Arabia. And the way that Donald Trump and the leader of Saudi Arabia looked is they looked kind of like the pictures of Donald Trump and the Russians in the Oval Office, uh, smiling and cheerful and happy and, and all on the same side, you know, for one agenda. Well, we have Donald Trump heading to Israel on, I believe he's going to be there on the 22nd, which is Monday. He's going to be the first sitting president ever to go to the Western Wall. Ever. No one's ever wanted to compare themselves to what that may mean. But Donald Trump doesn't care. Now, he's made it in a way to where the Saudis are going to back them. And we have to where it's come out publicly that Israel is the main issue, that Israel's the one that won't uh, back a Palestinian state, that Israel's the one that doesn't want peace. And we have everyone aligned. And we have Saudi Arabia that's aligned with it. And they've already come out publicly on March 22nd, you know, what was it, six months after September 11th, which we've already found that Saudi Arabia was possibly involved in that. So six months after that happened, um, they came out with uh, the Arab Peace Initiative. And in the Arab Peace Initiative, it basically outlines the peace treaty that they support between Israel and the Palestinians. And this peace treaty has been talked about throughout the press for the last couple of months. Um, and and it basically states Israel's to basically move everything back to the borders of June 1967 before the Six-Day War. Uh, and they're supposed to accept the Palestinian state and Jerusalem or East Jerusalem as the capital of the Palestinian state. And we've talked about the complications of that, knowing that the Temple Mount is on the eastern half of the city. So that complications there. But it seems everything, uh, according to this initiative, I mean, the solution is to handle the Palestinian refugee problem. So it's on Israel to do that. 
Um, Israel is supposed to, um, you know, set up a sovereign, independent Palestinian state. Um, and basically it comes down to the only thing the Palestinians have to really do is say, hey, we'll be nice and not, not attack you. I mean, there, there's nothing else that lays that out. It seems like everything is put into the way for Israel to bow down and do everything. Now, how do you bring a country like Israel to its knees? Uh, they're, they're, some say, the most technologically advanced military in the world. Uh, we give them tons of aid every year to help their economy, to help them militarily, to give them secrets. I mean, it was, it's widely known that Israel and the United States shared secrets without hesitation, which is why it was no big deal for Israel to give the president of the United States classified information, not thinking that he would bring the Russians into the Oval Office with no one watching to where they could put any kind of recording device in there. Um, and then also show them classified information that the United States received directly from Israel right before you go see Israel. So you can see the credibility of Israel as being challenged. The alliances between Donald Trump and the Russians, that puts that into question as well. Why would we betray our most sacred ally? If we are a Christian nation and we have the, the Jewish nation of Israel who has come out publicly and said, hey, Christians are our Jewish brothers, which makes sense. If we have always backed them, why would we betray them and give classified information to their enemy? It, it only has one conclusion, and that's that the United States actually is in support of the same stance as Russia, China, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, the UN, the Palestinian state, which is to create a two-state solution and split the city of Jerusalem. That's the only conclusion. Why would you make this spectacle before you go visit Israel, which is supposed to be our ally? And why would you make the next step right after your visit to Israel, after you disgrace them in public? Your first move directly after Israel is to go to Rome and talk with the Pope. So in this upcoming trip, the President of the United States goes to Saudi Arabia, then to Israel, and then to Rome to talk to the Pope. And his whole speaking point on this is to talk about peace. I mean, he came out and he told the he actually, this is the best way to say it. He urged the Arab leaders to drive out the terrorists from your places of worship. So he's in, in Saudi Arabia speaking to a mass of people saying to drive out heretics, basically, from your place of worship, which means the, in Islam, there are two different sects, you know, the Shia and the Sunni. So that means take out the other one. It's basically what he is instructing them to do. Now, it seems like it's a destabilizing point. But if you plan on having two countries that you're going to go against, and the two countries are not invited to any kind of peace summit, not invited to these talks that are going on or anything, and those two countries are Syria and Iran. Well, 
you see kind of where the things are being played. There's a strong possibility that in this next week that we see something happen in Israel that just knocks our socks off. And it's followed up with the President of the United States meeting with the Pope to confirm something or something else. I don't know. But we just know that that is happening and, and that is reality. And, and, it, and watching the, the storm of news coverage, uh, your head just spins and it's hard to see how anything is, is working out. I mean, we have, even have Vice President Mike Pence, who is starting to back away, some people say, from Donald Trump. Some people say he's talking about uh, you know, Amendment 25, which says if the President of the United States it doesn't seem to be fit for office, that the Vice President can basically tell him to leave office and assume his position. Some people are saying that that's a possibility. But then he comes out at the first ever World Summit in defense of persecuted Christians in Washington, D.C., and talks about Christians around the world face genocide at the hands of ISIL. So the vice president of the United States came out and said that 215 million Christians face mistreatment in more than 100 countries. Why does this administration keep talking about this? At first, they wanted to have a Muslim ban in the Middle East where they put Christians as a priority to get them out of the Middle East because they're persecuted. And yeah, there's some persecution going on, but it got worse after that. It definitely got worse after the travel ban. Now we have the vice president continuing that saying that Christians are being persecuted, which the end result is Christians then become more persecuted. It's, it's kind of like you're egging on the, the bully of the neighborhood. Oh, you punched me once. You're not going to do it again. Yeah, he's going to do it again. It's the same kind of concept. So, so why? Why push this? Well, we know that Christians are going to be persecuted in this time. And we know that it's going to get worse as things develop. And just look at what's, what's happening with the chaos in the United States. We have riots everywhere. Uh, we have California talking about being um, a sanctuary state, which, what does that mean? That California secedes from the union, like Texas is always talking about doing? I mean, that's, I mean, we're, we're talking crazy here, if that's a possibility. We have monuments in the South being destroyed, you know, from the Civil War. And they're, they're basically almost riots. I mean, the, the people turn, taking these monuments down have to wear riot gear because they're afraid of being shot. And, and the, the riots are starting to get more and more violent. The ones that happened in New Orleans this last week are just absolutely insane. So we have just craziness happening. And at the same time, we have this peace treaty at the center. And we have Israel as the burdensome stone developing this week. So hopefully that's not the case, but it's a strong possibility considering the moves that are being made and how things are developing. And just on one other little tangent, um, I mean, we, we haven't talked about Fukushima, um, you know, which is the nuclear, uh, you know, plant that was basically taken out by an earthquake in Japan. 
um, you know, about a month ago or maybe two months ago, they were sending in you know, robots and it was actually melting these these robots because the radiation was still so severe inside of these, ra- these reactors. They can't stop it. And the problem is there's an aquifer at the bottom. So this radioactive material is dropping down into an aquifer that goes directly into the ocean. And so they, they've seen radiation levels in the ocean rising drastically. Well, we have this tunnel that, that collapsed in Hanover, up in Washington state. And they said, oh, no radiation leaked or anything ever came of that. It's, it's all okay. Don't, don't worry about it. Just kind of keep watching TV. Well, it came out this week that um, there was a couple of workers down at the site. And they actually had a little robotic device that, uh, you know, goes in there and kind of looks at the, the tanks that hold the radio, uh, radioactive device. And they wanted to make sure they were okay. And they got the device back and they were checking over and there's radioactivity just off the charts. Well, then they were checking the suits that the people were wearing and the readings were off the charts on the suits. So this radioactivity is leaking out of this tunnel or out of this area in Washington state. And they've just basically been covering it up at this point, not even really trying to do anything, but this is a massive, massive problem. And this is two in the last 10 years. So what do we have in store for us heading out soon? So I hope this got started, guys. I'll kind of hand it off and let you take over. Well, Clinton, let me say this. One thing that bothered me when I saw this thing, um, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't know if most of you know about this, but there was quite a stir when the White House released this film of Trump's visit, and it shows which countries he's going to, but when it showed Israel, it seemed to uh, leave out the West Bank and the Golan Heights. Now, this, of course, uh, made some Israeli Knesset members rather upset uh so we really don't know what's at play here i do want to know the 555 million dollar question um did trump or did he not announce he was going to move the embassy in this trip did he do that clinton or not are we still up in arms about that we're still up um we we don't know um he has talked about that he's about 95% sure he's going to recognize the city of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Um, But he has not said anything about moving the U S embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Um, There's a, there's speculation that he's going to do that, but he has not told us what he's plans on yet. Well, I thought that was supposed to be the big news. He was supposed to release when he hit the ground. (laughs) I, I guess. I mean, that's what we had been told. That's what this was building up to, <clears throat> and then he goes there, and instead of getting that announcement, well, the Saudis get $110 billion. Um, weapons deal, uh, which is not to the United States, by the way. The United States doesn't build those weapons, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, the military-industrial complex does, and they're the ones against the money, too. 
And on top of that, you don't get any taxes out of the sale. <laughs> not not any. You don't get anything. <laughs> so off the charts. Uh, so Clinton, I really haven't been watching this radiation situation going on. So you must be seeing a whole lot more of it than I am. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you realize what, what what's going to happen if an aquifer is contaminated. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at it, but just to verify, you did say that there is an aquifer under this facility. Do you know its depth? Do you know the size of it? How many is it? Does all the people in Washington use that aquifer? Uh, do you have any details about that further? <laughs> no, it's, it's an aquifer underneath the one in Fukushima. Um, the one in Washington State, I don't know if there's an aquifer underneath there, but the one in Fukushima, it's, it's pretty known that there's an aquifer underneath that. I see. Well, if it if it hits the aquifer, that entire aquifer will become bitter. Um, well, that's that's off the charts. But we have plenty of entertainment news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't know why this would be happening out in Washington, and this isn't front page news. I, I don't know how I missed that. So, absolutely off the charts. Uh, everything you had to talk about it, it it bothers me because right now we're in the middle of this impeachment articles, impeachment articles, impeachment articles. You know, once those get drawn up, this is a done game. And and it's at the rate we're going, ladies and gentlemen. Just go back and listen to the last three broadcasts that we've did. We're only at 120 days. If the next 120 days mimics this one, I don't, I don't see how that's going to fly at all. And that intrigues me, his stepping stones that he took, ending up there with the Pope, of course, Pope Francis. I don't know what this string is leading to, but I got a feeling it's it's well, not for our benefit, shall I put it that way? I don't see how any of this benefits the American people at all. Not in the least bit. Brian, why don't you jump in here and start your news diatribe? I know you've got a whole lot to talk about too. That's that's just as disturbing. Um, these Russian connections, even the ones you shared with me last night. At first, I didn't even catch it, and I said, "Nah, we know all about Bernice. Let me t type her name in and find it in the article." And sure enough, and I was just stupefied that. What I've seen, what we've warned you all about, about this uh, Bernice of sorts we have in Ukraine, absolutely off the charts. I, I mean, 
talk about falling for the diversion. And that upsets me. It upsets me that remember to look for her in all the right places. Should have absolutely known. She was right in the maelstrom. But Brian, uh, jump on in here and get started with your news diatribe. Uh, we've got about 20 minutes before the break. Um, I know you've got all kinds of stuff to talk about. Disturbing things. Bri, the mic is yours. Well, I mean, I think the uh, first thing I'm going to address is many of these aspects that we just discussed here. Um, where do we begin? You know, we had here in the White House some very uh, disturbing things play out. I had stated last week already that, you know, between the events that had played out with the firing of Comey, we had the, uh, the prime, you know, the Russian, I can't remember exactly what he is, but on top of one of the Russian leaders, and then we had this Kislov guy that's been caught with, uh, you know, they've tied him in strongly to a varied espionage and so forth, you know, and it just broke out this week, but we had some interestingly uh, strange, contradicting stories come out as to whose intelligence was leaked, because right away, which I found, you know, rather peculiar, because of your intel, it's a little strange if you go ahead and say, hey, that was our intel. But nonetheless, the story all of a sudden immediately was released that the intel had come from Israel. Later in the week, an Al Jazeera news source released an article stating from Jordanian officials, they stated the intel leak was from them. It begins to get a little bit peculiar, and you kind of have to wonder what in the world is going on here. Now, Al Jazeera at times can be a little bit tricky on trying to exactly 100% any back anything they say because they have obviously their own biases and, well, their own agenda, propaganda-oriented things going on at the same time. But let us not forget that during the prayer breakfast that is held every annual, you know, it's annually held every year, which is the fellowship, the family. I've spoken about them at great length before. Abraham Verdi was the founding member. Then it moved on to Doug Coe. You have to remember, everybody, that King Abdullah was at that meeting, and he's been at a multitude of them for years. He is part of this group, this very secretive group that the more that you look into them, the more disturbing it gets. And if you go into my Twitter, which is uh, at the Bands of Time, basically, you're going to, if you go over to the media section where you can get in with photos and videos you can go in and look at the stuff i pulled up last saturday and you can literally go through and watch the timeline when a bunch of events broke out years back during the uh i can't even recall offhand which administration it was during but nonetheless there was a great big scandal that broke out in washington dc these senators were basically caught committing adultery c street which is one of their main bases of operation basically got caught in the middle of the scandal and you know because they were covering up what these guys were doing under the guises of being this christian organization and there was a lot of people that started sounding some major alarms about this as they should have 
and they began to deeply look into this. We had a a release that came out from Tom Brokaw during that point in time where they got a lot of the footage of Doug Coe actually giving speeches, which are almost impossible to find. And look, folks, the things that came out of that man's mouth should be enough to rattle everybody's cages. You know, he talks about these covenant relationships, and he goes in and talks about the Red Army and them having axes, and, you know, they go in and they're they're cutting people's heads off, you know, and they made a covenant. Then he goes on to bring up Hitler and Stalin about how powerful of leaders they were and how they made a covenant. You know, this... Look, I've I've said it time and time again, folks, you really got to look into this group. Okay, there were some things that were just brought up here about Mike Pence. I I think some of this needs to be amplified so everybody understands what's going on with the reality of this here. Because this begins to draw into some very disturbing statements that was made in an interview here that happened before the Johnson Amendment Act was canceled out with this new executive order, which therefore opens up lobbying to be done in religious institutions and churches. It states right in their houses of worship. It didn't really beat around the bush as to what it was getting at. And folks, when you're dealing with lobbying, okay, you've got defense contractors that are doing this lobbying to bring these people in. And the proof positive of this was deal that was just signed here in Saudi Arabia. Okay, they just armed that entire group to the teeth here with this arms deal. Okay, so who's benefiting from this? Okay, we keep filling these, you know, these fat cat corporate heads that are basically running on every side of politics. You know, we won't always sit here and point our fingers at, well, the Republicans are the bad guys or the Democrats are the bad guys. Folks, look, They all have the same agenda. It's about the money. And if anything threatens that money, then it becomes an international, or as for us, a national threat. And this is literally, people have known this since age of morale here. Okay, none of this is new information I'm bringing forward. Nonetheless, everybody, you have to understand what has happened here with this very specific administration that has pretty much taken over the entire government at this stage. The man that was responsible for writing the book on, it's called The Family, and it concerns this group, this uh, prayer breakfast group, was basically an interview here right, you know, right after this administration had moved into office and a little bit thereafter, before the Johnson Amendment was passed, and before a few of these other things happened. Now, the person that was interviewing him made a very, well, he he made a comment offhand about the Crusades, and he just stopped and he said, look, this is not hyperbole any longer, not even remotely hyperbole any longer, because that's exactly what these people are doing. This is exactly what these people are launching. Proof positive of this, well, look, Steve Bannon, I mean, Everybody, this is common knowledge. What he's been pushing into this administration, what groups he is aligned with, okay, it's not good by any stretch of the imagination. And it just gets deeper and more messed up by the minute. Everybody, everybody is in this spot where, you know, we got this, he's going to be impeached, you know, impeach Trump, impeach Trump. 
there's some kind of pitfalls with this. You need to understand and you need to look deeply into Mike Pence. And I'm telling you and I'm warning you to do it now because it is very crucial that you understand who he is, what he stands for, and how deep his connections go into these Dominionist Crusader circles. Okay, there was a story that came out in this last week that the, uh, the infamous Koch brothers, while they're known to be the primary funders that have been behind getting this entire Dominionist movement into place so that they could completely take over the government. And they don't like what's going on with the uh, proposals, the taxes, and so forth with the new one-page tax document that was released. And they want alteration to that. But the thing is, folks, they're deeply aligned with Mike Pence. So this little bit of strangeness that is going on with Pence, okay, his statements that he made this week, and I literally had to go through and remove somebody from Twitter because I was completely astounded that this organization somehow even got onto my Twitter. I have no idea. I never remember clicking on follow. But nonetheless, yes, I caught these statements. And folks, this is where you've got to go in and you have to understand the agenda that they're pushing forward. It is not predominantly Christians that are being attacked by ISIS, everybody. For Pete's sakes, they're going after you need to understand the rifts and the battles that have been going on between the people, between Muslims since the beginning of the founding of that religion. There has been so much strife over varied belief systems. You've had breakaways. The most, the easiest to see is the Sunni alliances, which are predominantly tied to who? Saudi Arabia and the Arabian people. But then you've got the Shiite groups, which are predominantly tied in with Iran. Okay, that's just one split. You know, we have the Wasabias, for instance, with uh, Mr. Assad. Okay, you've got all these different rifts. And their chief target, as they've been in there, attacking, as they've been ripping through Iraq, going into Syria. Okay, folks, the main target that they're really pounding on back and forth has been many Islamic people. If we look at the refugee crisis... Yes, we've had a mix of Christians between, you know, the Assyrian Christians, varied ones throughout Syria. And at this point, they're dropping bombs everywhere. I mean, for crying out loud, 2013, for crying out loud, we had been invading over 75 nations relating this to terror. Okay, we had secret organizations out there like JSOC that just went in and start tearing everybody up. I mean, everybody look into what instigated Yemen, I will drop in the name of a movie that I highly advise everybody watches, especially those of you here in America, so you can wake up to the fact of what this nation has been doing, going stretching back as far as World War II, for crying out loud. All right, Yemen, they came in there. The instigating factor is, lo and behold, you know, these... um. Suddenly, this Al-Qaeda group shows up back on the scenes again, and they're, they're in Yemen. But you might want to take note of the fact that they were both released from Guantanamo Bay, which kind of already stinks as is. Here in America, we had this guy that ended up, essentially, he started out on a great track. Over time, he got radicalized because of all the insanity that he saw after 
Bush Jr. stood up and stated, we are going to launch the Crusades, and immediately everybody standing next to him went, oh my gosh, he didn't say that. They walk over and whisper in his ear, you better do, you better change that quick. This is literally what Bush stood up and said. You know, and even as in this documentary and another interview I watched from this guy, okay, the Bush-Cheney regime, war criminals is an understatement concerning what they did. When we move further into the Obama administration, we did not see these things stop. And when Yemen was started up, that was under the Obama administration. You're going to find out that essentially the beginning attacks that happened there, and unfortunately you're not going to like what you see if you watch this video, because you pretty much see all the kids that were killed by these missiles that came in, which you can clearly see on the video, they were taken to various groups, looked them over on top of it and confirmed it. They were United States missiles. They just came in there and fired for pretty much no reason whatsoever. Nobody even recognizes this happened. And it was clear in broad daylight that they just came in and completely blew up all these kids. And then lo and behold, here comes the Yemen crisis. This has been going on nonstop here. Okay? You know, it's just like history. It's just like archaeology. You sometimes got to sit down at the table and look over all the data to try to understand what's going on. I mean, everybody's attention should have been caught by the fact of last week's release of UN documents from World War II when it was right there in broad daylight that the United States and Britain were colluding with Germany. So me saying that this has been going on for some time is a bit of an understatement. This is where we wrap it back around. We look at what's happening here with these comments, these statements being made by Mike Pence, for instance. Okay, Israel National News released exactly what I talked about when Donald Trump came forward to Liberty University with Jerry Falwell II or Jr. or whatever you want to call him, and they stated just absolutely disturbing things. But Israel, I believe it was Haaretz caught it, and basically what he stated is, here's the man that's bombing the Middle East, and everybody goes into an uproar and is clapping. All right, I told everybody you need to go out there and watch that video from that speech. Moving forward into what we've had happen here this week. Now, as I stated, I pointed it out last week, the things that happened in the White House last week were so absolutely peculiar and ridiculous. It was just, you just sat there shaking your head going, "This no, no, nobody would be this stupid. And that's the key. Because there's something far deeper going on here outside of the fact that something fishy happened during that meeting. Henry Kissinger is definitely at the heart of it, but you need to go back and look into everything he's been up to ever since he was under the Nixon administration. I believe he was Secretary of State. I don't recall the exact position offhand. Okay, but he's been fomenting the strategy of how to basically take down all these nations, control their food, control their oil, control their water, control this, that, and everything else. There was a lot more than met the eye going on here 
And the more and more and more I looked at this thing with this Russian scandal, it becomes disturbing, but not for the reasons that we thought. What we currently have going on with our commander-in-chief, we know full well that most of these financial ties, marketing ties, well, you've got that going into oligarchs. And let me break that down simply. Well, you're dealing with organized crime. Okay, you're dealing with, you're dealing with a businessman running the nation, which really is not much different than what we've had going on for years. Okay, it's been common knowledge that a multitude of these back leaders have been caught doing the very same underhanded things. We had years back a scandal that broke loose with a Pakistani banker that had set up a bank over in the UK, and it was found out that he was laundering money for just about everybody under the sun, including the Clintons, the Bushes. It just keeps stretching. It's just his dealings seem to be all of a sudden right in the forefront to everybody to see. But as I progress through the week and I watch the events play out, as I watch this sort of start to tumble more and more into broad daylight, when you actually step back and you look at the fact that Russia is getting absolutely and completely ticked off, and they've had it, stating flat out that this is breaking basically any form of us even having a bond. You're turning us into an enemy and you're turning us into one fast. We've got old school McCarthyism going on here. And look, go look into McCarthy. Okay, he had all kinds of crookedness in his own little closet, as they say, his own little skeletons back there. We've got this same thing happening here. So that when you really look at it and you step back and you consider, wait a minute, are we technically really ticking them off? Because when you stop and think about that, then you do what I did the other day and you step back and basically state, this needs to be looked at from another direction. And it's like Matthew brought up. It hit me yesterday. And I immediately went and looked. And then last night, I spent a great deal of time with this. Now, everybody knows the infamous first big one that came to everybody's attention was Paul Manafort. Because of the fact that they had tied him in with that Russian, well, they essentially call him a, you know, a aligned with Russia because he broke out of the Western, the European Union trade deals, the United States trade deals that were being set up and all that. But the deeper you begin to look at this, you begin to realize that Paul Manafort was playing a completely different role than we suspected. And there's a reason reason that he went and registered as a foreign agent because this was not what we thought it was. This was the ultimate, ultimate takedown. Does everybody recall what happened during the Ukrainian crisis? Because we covered this in-depthly on air years back as everything broke loose as we had the uh, the pro-made-in rallies 
and everything that was happening there. Now, folks, there's documentaries now that are out there that you can access one of them on Netflix, and you can see with your own eyes what I'm about to tell you because it's undeniable. Now, pretty much this uh, Yanukovych, he had to flee out of the Ukraine. He technically took off to China first, and now he's in Russia. Manafort was basically tied in to this pro if I can find the uh, name of it here real quick, the group that he was tied into is this group called Party of Regions. Now, if you look into this Party of Regions, you're going to find out some very interesting things because, as we call her Bernice, or better known as uh, Yulia Kamenchenko, well, one of the richest people in the world. She was jailed for stirring up controversy during the, uh, as they call them, the color revolutions, the orange revolution. She was thrown in jail for stirring this up, which, well, I hate to break it to you, everybody, but you might want to look into them and the Arab Spring. That's the way of stirring up trouble so that we can weaken these areas. During this Ukrainian crisis, as everything moved along in the pro-Maidan protests the entirety then, they released her. Bernice is what we call her. Now look, folks, we were contacted by people in the Ukraine that told us exactly what was happening there. And this psychopath woman came in and basically started slaughtering everybody. And they were screaming out, somebody help us. But let me retranslate that for everybody. The Western nations have released this woman, and she's in here slaughtering us. Now, what exactly did Manafort really do here? That's where things begin to really unravel. Because when you look deeper into what Manafort was actually doing And you realize that, wait a minute. You see, because if you watch those protests, you're going to realize that, one, the Ukrainian police that were involved at that time when those snipers came out, they were completely taken off guard and surprised. They had no idea what was happening. Because you look on the sidelines and you can see the snipers. If you look at the Ukrainian people, you're going to realize that they have a different body build and a different height. But what do we have as the snipers? These were guys that were all decked out in black military garb, ski masks over their face. That should catch everybody's attention. Now, when this all happened, there was two diplomats that were speaking back and forth between each other, and the phone call leaked into the public. And they turned around on top of it and stated, yes, we did make this phone call, and yes, we're highly concerned, because those snipers, they weren't tied into that president. They were foreign entities that were brought in and did this thing. Things further progressed in the Ukraine. I pointed this out. I posted several news stories about it at that point in time. Trainloads of Eric Prince's, be it Blackwater, be it Academi, be it Frontier Services. Oh, he's got all kinds of names. 
all kinds of money, all kinds of insider trading. It just goes for days. As everything was playing out there in the Ukraine, as this Western coalitions are coming in and doing an absolute overthrow with this psychopath, Yulia Zhomotimenchenko, at the helm, then they start bringing Blackwater in in broad daylight. Paul Manafort, and when you look through the texts that were leaked, when you look through all the evidence, when you sit there and go through it with a fine-toothed comb, you realize that it was his doings and his dealings behind the scenes. And as his daughter stated, well, he's killed tons of people here. He made that order. And as he even stated, I was working with the West to do what I was doing. Okay, let me translate that for you. Who do you think set everything in motion to stab this president in the back and then turn around and bring Blackwater in the back door and tell a bunch of snipers, open fire? Let me amplify this a little bit. Nice little discussions were going on that were captured with Paul Ryan and a whole other string of Republicans this week. One of them goes, I think Trump's being paid by the the Russians. Well, here was the key critical statement as Paul Ryan made his. Yeah, maybe we need to keep this in the family. You know, that brat Prince, Eric Prince, he's part of all these groups. He was formed by Dominionists, Dobson, the Robinsons. The Grams have got their hands in it too, folks. Do you need me to continue? Yeah, that whole pet project was all put together and funded by Dominionist kingpins with a whole lot of money that they're getting from defense contractors. And if you don't believe me, you need to look into it. There are several news stories from reputable news sources that are out there. And there's a book that I'll recommend at some point, too. Now, all of a sudden, we've stepped into a whole deeper mess than what we first thought this whole Russian connection was. Folks, they brought in this new guy that's doing the investigating, this uh, Miller, or Mueller, or however you want to pronounce it, this new ex-FBI agent. Let me give you a wake-up call here. The person that wrote the law into effect, and I checked into him deeply, stated flat out that during the last administration, it was put into place that whomever is brought in to investigate, they can fire them. So this high hopes about this new independent investigation, folks, Getting away with it, that's a bit of an understatement. But the problem is, is what do they do with this current commander-in-chief? Are they going to keep him in there? Or are they going to remove him and bring in an even worse nightmare? That remains to be seen. And that's touching on those areas before we go to the break. I went over the four-minute mark here. So if you guys got something to add before you push that uh, play button with the break here. Clinton, did you want to throw anything in there before we go to break? 
Uh, the only thing I just uh, wanted to just say is I, I think um, focusing on what's going on with Mike Tenson, his movement is is something that we definitely need to watch as it goes forward. Ah, yes. Mr. Indiana himself. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got something other than tricks up his sleeve. We'll be right Revelation chapter 16. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways, and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went, and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain, and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world, to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief, Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God, to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. The Revelation, chapter 17. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication, 
So he carried me away into the spirit, into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall descend out of the bottomless pit, and go into petition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was, and is not, and yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings. Five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beasts. These have one mind, and will give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. The Revelation, chapter 18. And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her, even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup that she hath filled, fill to her double. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death, and mourning, and famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. 
and the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn for her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all tie-iron wood and all manner vessels of ivory and all manner vessels of most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee. And all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour so great riches has come to naught, and every shipmaster, and all the company in ships and sailors, and as many as trade by sea, stood afar off, and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads, and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea, by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And the mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone, and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians, and of pipers and trumpeters, shall be heard no more at all in thee, and no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee, and the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee, and the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee, for thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived, and in her were found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the End Time Tribune. It is good to be with you. Uh, we are blessed to be able to broadcast all the way to the four corners of the earth. Uh, by the way, just to throw out a little tidbit, you know, I love listening to uh, James Earl Jones read the Book of Revelation. But I wonder if any of you caught what the Lord your God said about Babylon there, a very important thing that he included there in that list of diatribe. He said that no longer would the millstone be heard. I hope you understand what that means, ladies and gentlemen. That means from that point forward in Babylon, there would no longer be any food grown there. Not at all, period. It would become infertile. So anyway, 
Brian, why don't you jump back in here and continue on with news if that's what you'd like to do, or maybe we should just uh, shoot things back and forth. I don't know. Uh, was you done with your diatribe, or do you want to continue, Brian? Not even remotely close. Not even remotely close, but uh, some of this stuff right, I think we're going to have to bounce back and forth. You know, that's that's the All determining right. factor of where to be. Hello? Hey, do you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I've got you. Yeah, I've got you. Go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, I got this new audio rig going here, so I don't know if it's going to cut in or out. All right, nonetheless, moving forward here. Yeah, this is just to kind of finish up on some of those things I brought up here from before the break. Now, everybody yesterday, it was almost like it was right on time, right on target. After I began to look into what was really going on here with Manafort and his connections to the overthrow of the Ukraine, by this Western-backed regime with good old Eric Prince, once again, you know, this guy is worth literally billions upon billions of dollars at this point. Let me mention the author and the movie that I would highly advise people get a hold of. You can rent it from several different streaming sources. Okay, the author, he's got two books out here. His name is Jeremy Scahill. There's also a C-SPAN 2, which is they basically sit down and they interview people about their books. His entire interview was probably... This guy's got a lot to say, folks, and he's got a lot to say that really needs to be heard. Now, he's a national security correspondent for The Nation magazine and... Puffin Foundation Writing Fellow at the Nation Institute. He wrote the book, which I'm reading right now, Blackwater, the Rise of the World's Most Powerful Mercenary Army. That was in 2007. The movie itself. And he's also got a book, which obviously the book's going to go into a whole lot more detail. The movie itself is called Dirty Wars. And the name of the book that goes along with this is Dirty Wars, The World is a Battlefield. Now, everybody, you have to understand, before I actually put money into a book, I check the author out to extreme measures. That was the main reason I even pulled this documentary up in the first place. I wanted to see who this guy was. If he actually had credibility, it would be worth me even spending the money to buy this first book. In this movie, Dirty Wars, he literally goes before Congress members. He goes before varied groups in Senate, etc. He goes before high-level people within the government. And you can see him sitting there. The footage filmed everything. This guy's not making this stuff up. You can see him on the ground. You can see all the events where he first started on this trail of what happened in Afghanistan as he was sitting right there. He realized that something was seriously wrong. And the deeper he began to look into it, looking at all the details, all of a sudden he found out about this JSOC group that is currently, like he states, back in 2013, is literally involved in terror wars in over 75 nations. That was then. Problem is, is what is now? Now, if we look, like I stated, Ukraine yesterday had two peculiar stories that dropped out. One, Russia has contacted, I believe it was the World Trade Organization. It's one of the World Trade Groups. 
and basically stated that the Ukraine has gone into, they're starting to put um, basically, uh, what do you call these things, the embargoes that they do, you know, like they're trying to do with North Korea right now. And essentially, they're illegally doing this, and you get a couple of blurbs. I caught it first in an Israeli national news source, then I caught it in Reuters, or in Reuters and then Sputnik released a bit more information so that you really knew what was going on. But in the same breath yesterday, from out of nowhere, all of a sudden, on top of it, this new Western-backed regime that's in that part of the Ukraine reached out and made a statement to uh, Israel, you know, basically stating, we know what you're going through and everything that's surrounding and comparing themselves to what's happening there in the Ukraine with Israel. So I just, I found this timing almost way too peculiar all of a sudden for them to be almost, you hear pretty much almost nothing about them in the news. And all of a sudden yesterday, two stories just boom, come splashing into the mainstream news that's being just all over the place it's coming out and the timing of it and look folks i've always stated this and i'm not even playing when i say it there's no such thing as a coincidence so there's something going on here and it needs a much deeper deeper look now if we consider some of the different people that have been busted here within this russian scandal you know look at uh i believe it was uh michael flynn okay he's ex-military high up way high up and he's been you know pushing forth just a whole bunch of anti-muslim rhetoric basically you know once again trying to initiate these holy wars etc do not forget though besides his ties that they're linking linking him with russia they also linked him in with turkey now if everybody paid attention real carefully to the meetings that happened here in turkey are with Turkey with Erdogan this week. Now you watch the first video when he shows up and he's sitting there next to Trump in a chair. A little bit disturbing as he goes and smacks him on the shoulder and he's kind of sitting there to a sideways thing looking at him going, I don't know what to think about this guy. But after they had their meetings and everything progressed forward, all of a sudden they come out after the fact and they pretty much stated there was one little detail that nobody seemed to catch. I checked multiple news sources. Nobody said a thing about it. As Trump stated, well, we're about to send them arms. We've made an arms deal. While you begin to look through the Turkish news sources and you find out, lo and behold, there was over 40 people that came along with Erdogan, and they were all sitting in back rooms making all these economic deals. Okay, not really a huge ordeal, I guess. You know, if you're making trade deals for, you know, I'll give you some corn, you give me some potatoes, whatever, but... We know full well that there was a lot more wheeling and dealing going on there behind the scenes. And this is where we wrap this back around to Flynn before I bring in what happened next later that day. Because if everybody remembers what happened there during the Gulen coup, which is the, as Erdogan put it, the gift that keeps on giving. This allowed him to completely just overthrow everything now and (laughs) fashion the neo-Ottoman Empire. And we've seen them making some heavy-duty moves ever since then. And this has always bothered me. It's always bothered me. It is stated in the news releases that Gulen's coup people, the military folks, had Erdogan did the rights. And yet he walked away. 
This never made sense to me until you begin to look at it in the other direction. Because once you realize, as I stated emphatically, Gulen has got major, major ties into the intelligence communities here in the United States, CIA, whichever branch you want to go for. I mean, for Pete's sake, Eric Prince has his own network of private intelligence. So whomever was behind this, they had Erdogan right there. So why in the world did they all of a sudden just walk away? Unless, see, this is the thing is we always use other nations to fight our proxy wars, to cause chaos and pandemonium here, do it over there. That's the only thing that makes sense right now. Because as we watch what played out in the White House this week, as we watched all these things that were publicly broadcast from all the different speeches, I went through and watched every single one of them, it became full well apparent that something was a little bit interesting. Later in that day, Erdogan uh, and uh, his security detail were heading back to the embassy, back to where he was going to be staying, etc. And there was a bunch of Kurdish people that were there in Washington, D.C. at this embassy, and they were protesting. Now, at first glance, when the first video came out, you're going, what in the world is going on? Because while they're protesting, all of a sudden, all these guys that are wearing these basically tuxedo white shirts, you can clearly tell that these are not just some... Weird guys that came up on the streets and started beating the living daylights out of these people. So, this is what happened. They stormed in, started beating everybody up. These guys that are in black suits, white shirts, you can clearly see there's some kind of security detail. All right, already I'm, I've got major questions here. I'm going, what in the world just happened? Why did this happen on our soil and why was this allowed? All of a sudden, lo and behold, a couple days later, you see somebody was in the right place at the right time and had their cell phone trained right on Erdogan, giving the order, main instigator, standing right there, this great big bald dude that whipped out there and started beating everybody up. And you can see clearly what he was doing. And then all of a sudden, well, how do we know it was Erdogan that gave the order? Because then next thing you know, all of a sudden, Erdogan steps up and gets out of the car. Okay, folks, would you care to explain to me why in the world this was allowed on our soil? That's absolutely unacceptable. And, you know, at least John McCain here and a few other people pretty much said outright this is unacceptable. And have called for the ambassador to get out of here the whole nine yards. Yet, let us not forget that these relations with Turkey have been tightened very well now with those meetings. Now, that same day, as we've had all this fiasco going on with, you know, the entire blackout of everything because of all this stuff happening in the White House, all this Russian stuff that is happening, you know, etc., I was highly disturbed at this fact on top of it alone because Reuters News actually had on video the UN meeting concerning North Korea. I was the only one that even shared it. 
As a matter of fact, twice because I actually put it to my Facebook, which I usually don't say nothing on Facebook. But between those two videos, which I posted both on both places, I was pretty disturbed that day, to put it mildly. Because if you go in and you watch that UN meeting and you watch the things that are coming out of those the mouths of the three people standing there and our very own UN representative, look, for what? They're not playing here with this North Korean thing anymore. They stated flat out that, A, you guys have gone over the line. This is too far now. You're either with America stopping this North Korea thing or you are against America stopping this North Korea buildup. No in-betweens. And if you're working with them, we're going to take care of you too. Said this in broad daylight. Then on top of it, turn around and blame North Korea for this major cyber attack that happened last week. Folks, I know a whole heck of a lot about the Lazarus Group, and I'm going to tell you right now, and as a matter of fact, there's people that have worked in foreign relations, even going back to 2016, that stated they don't have the capability to pull something off like this. And multiple, multiple news sources on top of it continually said this does not make any sense. There's no way North Korea could have been responsible for this. Yeah, it's because they weren't. Yet they're using that on top of it as another one of their pretexts for war. Just the other day, reports began to come out that we had a nuclear sniffer basically looking for radioactive debris right up in by the Yellow Sea, right up by North Korea. Two Chinese jets were scrambled, and they said, get the heck out of here. Now, I wonder why that is. Because there's not really any disagreeing with this. This guy in North Korea, he is definitely quite a bit off his rocker. Okay, there's no denying this. I'm not even stating that. Fact being is, though, folks, is that cyber attack, that's a setup. Because that was not North Korea. Nobody's even collected the money that went into the bitcoins. I mean, I hope everybody realizes this. Okay, and when Monday came along, when Monday came along because everybody in China had went home for the weekend from their work week, they came in, they started turning those computers on, and absolute pandemonium broke out. They were being hit right and left. At this stage, they are probably sitting on top as far as who got hit the hardest. Now, everybody remembers we just had this one belt, one road meeting that took place here in China where all these nations were invited. You know, there's all kinds of varied reports that started coming out during the week about the varied odds and ends. China's reporting very positive results, wherein, lo and behold, certain Western nations basically started putting out, oh, this whole thing's just nothing but a disaster. There's you know, it's just going to cause economic meltdowns for everybody they're helping. You know, all these groups are going to come in and, you know, this is nothing but a big scam. Well, of course they were going to say that because this is, in their eyes, this is the biggest threat to them keeping all their money, staying on top, 
and outright keeping the stranglehold on the rest of the world. So of course they said that. But if you go back and you look at what's been going on with China, they've been continually rising to be the second most powerful nation in the world. Okay, folks, this is not a joke, okay? They are the second most powerful nation in the world. By a proxy wars, we have continued to go in nonstop and stir up trouble in every one of these major positions where they're trying to go in and get resources or get oil. We launch proxy wars on them on a continual basis. Let me give a fine example of three things I caught this week. Myanmar. And they did this once before to Myanmar, too. Um, Guys, let me ask you something. When have you ever heard of a violent Buddhist? Or is that correct? I warned everybody, you better look into the Tibetans a lot deeper. Myanmar must do more to prevent the drastic escalation of religious intolerance and violence following clashes between ultranationalist Buddhists and minority Muslims and Yangon, a senior United Nations envoy had said. Now, this just came out in the last 24 hours, everybody. Okay, I started charting this earlier in the week. Why is Myanmar, why is Burma so important? It's the absolute most important portion on this trade route. Okay, these the same revolution flared up years ago where all of a sudden the Buddhists came out and started beating everybody up. Does not compute. Sorry, folks, that's not what a Buddhist does. But people should have recognized that immediately. Okay, what else do we have here? More stories in Myanmar. Myanmar religious protests, May 20. China, Myanmar oil pipeline opens in Hansing Thai, May 20th, today. And let's see here. What else did we have happen? Congo. Let's see here. What else did we have? Congo again. Congo again. Everybody, folks, a, and I like how they state it here, a Christian sect member attacks Congo prison. Leaders freed, absolute chaos broke loose. This guy had been jailed for all sorts of insanity not too long back, but why is it that all of a sudden the Congo is so utterly important? Uh, Folks, they're the chief producer of trying to remember what this is right off the top of my head. I'm trying to grab that story here, folks. It's just, it's been such a wall. You have to understand that I've got so many things posted on my Twitter feed this week. It's utterly insane. I mean, it's just nonstop here. It's cobalt. Cobalt is one of the chief things that is used to make all of our modern day literature electronics that we run around with. Okay, folks, they started a proxy war on them ages ago to stop China from being able to go in and get this cobalt. Okay, I found more places. The more I looked at this, I continued to find more places that were key critical routes in this one belt, one road that is being set up that are just all of a sudden, lo and behold, absolute pandemonium breaks out on all of them using the same patterns they used before Nothing any different here. 
As I stated before, why are we bombing Sudan and Somalia? What about Yemen? Yemen this week had cholera broke out. They've been warning nonstop that these people are under just such immense stress. There's famine that has broke out there. The same thing is happening in Sudan and Somalia. They have Ebola has broke out as well. Same thing in the Congo. Yet what happens? They continue to sit here and drop bombs and drop bombs and drop bombs. Why isn't anybody getting in there and helping these people besides dropping bombs on them? Doesn't, doesn't everybody see a problem here? That's, as far as I'm concerned, if you're a human being and you recall that every human being has been created in God's image, this is absolutely unacceptable. I do not care what their religious creed is. I don't care what the color of their skin is. I don't care about any of that. They're human beings, and if you can't see that first, I don't know what to do to help you. But you need to step in, and you need to start looking at these things in a different light. These are human beings. They are in dire situations, in dire trouble, and yet nobody's coming in to do anything about it. Amplifying here what happened with China as well. Because lo and behold... And yesterday, they pretty much just, you know, stated it in broad daylight, finally, what I've known this entire time. Is China unstoppable in the South China Sea? This came out of CNN.com. And if you go in and watch just this two-minute and 40-second video, it's very enlightening, folks. You'll understand what's happening here. They've been posturing against China nonstop. We had another story break today about the killing of a CIA operative back in 2012 off the top of my head, I believe, that just all of a sudden just, boom, magically shows up. Everybody, you have to understand on top of it, too, with this posturing towards North Korea that was going on this week. Not only that, that we have those ships go out there. We had those planes come in. Ronald Reagan, the Ronald Reagan naval vessel, is also getting ready to meet up with the forces that are currently stationed outside of North Korea. Okay, but you might want to look into everything that goes along with that warship because we got a bunch of those submarines we've talked about several times as well there. There was training exercises that were going on with basically South Korean and other varied groups throughout the Pacific there in a coalition with top special forces here in America just in this last week. Okay, I went through and I verified every single one of these stories by hand. I went and looked at all the varied pictures and photos they put up to make certain that this just wasn't make-believe. No, folks, they've posted what's been going on on their Facebook pages. They've posted up to this new Yahoo uh, photo sharing uh, Flickr or something, I believe. They posted all that. So we indeed know that's happening. Let me explain the strategy that was put into place some time back here. I mean, this was written quite a while ago of how they plan on dealing with this Chinese threat. Because essentially what the strategy involves is first, take out the satellites. Second, cyber warfare. Third, naval vessels take out all the missile installations and one swift shot. Third phase, full-blown invasion. This is the exact posturing we see happening as we speak with North Korea. 
This one belt, one road thing just went down last week. All these places on that trade route are suddenly being hit. Just magically from out of nowhere. It's not magically, everybody. Okay, this posturing on North Korea, there is a reason. There's a reason I don't even know if I want to say. This thing that just happened here with this missile test and the threat of another nuclear test, it's far more serious than everybody realizes. I'm just going to tell you that right now. But this is not just about North Korea, and you better figure it out fast. We're talking full-scale world war is being initiated. Okay, that cyber attack, again, like I stated before, 2016, this group stated there is no way that the people in North Korea would be capable of something like that. All of the evidence does not even come close to pointing to it. NBC after New York Times said, came out with a big article, North Korea did the cyber attack. NBC called them on it the next day and said, there's no way. Well, of course there's no way. Everybody go out there and find the 2015 Department of Defense PDF about their cyber warfare operation. Tells you in broad daylight that anybody we see as a national threat, for whatever reason that may be, we have the groups in place to launch full-scale cyber warfare on them. Whatever that means may be. So when I say something stinks about this cyber attack, when you realize who it was targeting all along, now you see that on top of it just yesterday, they basically tell you, yeah, we're posturing on China. China's been setting up missile installations all through these different islands. There's all kinds of stuff going on here, folks, and this just keeps spinning and spinning and spinning in circles. Let's talk about what happened in Syria this week. Reports have come forward that they have a crematorium there. And now they're stating that some 60-some prisoners were released, that he's in there hanging people and throwing them in this crematorium, giving everybody the idea that this is the same atrocity that happened at the time of the Holocaust. So, of course, this has started rattling the entire international community's cages. New story releases basically this morning out of, uh, I believe it was Israeli News, pretty much stating that the only one that's going to be capable of taking care of this is the United States. But they're also telling you what? Well, maybe France and Germany, because France is definitely going to jump in. This new socialist leader's got to, you know, prove his might. Then they state, well, Germany's going to jump in as well with them. So we got that front sitting wide open on the table. We had the Iranian election, which was just, it started, I believe it was last night. At local time where I'm at, finished today, the same president retained power. But recall a couple weeks ago, I told everybody we need to keep an eye out for that group that basically, you know, they're stationed inside of Iraq. They blatantly state in broad dialogue on their own website that we are waiting for the regime change. We've got a leader set in place so it can be peacefully and nicely handed over. They caused so much trouble in Iran this week, it is absolutely unbelievable. They are also Kurds, everybody. You might want to take note of that. We brought up their religion on top of it a few weeks back. They have this prophet that came along just recently, 
and et cetera. It just keeps going. There's ties to Zoroastrianism. There's just ties in all kinds of different directions with the religion. The key, critical, crucial point of this was as they aligned themselves behind Cyrus, Cyrus the Great. We found photos way back in 2011 that they had the same photos when they had this protest. Now, look, there's a lot of people inside of Iran that are not happy with this current regime. There's all kinds of reasons for this. I'm not saying this current regime is good by no stretch of the imagination because they are a problem. We've got major posturing also going on between that happening with the elections. We've also got the United States is going out and arming the Arabs with billions of dollars worth of weapons. Well, the only reason they're trying to get them to go in there is Iran. They had it brought up this week that we need NATO. We need us. You're back to get our back in this. And they said, well, guys, come on. We got all our troops around Russia. You mean we got to go home? So NATO's kind of like, I don't know if we're going to do this or not. Got Trump is going around, going from one leader to the next, to the next, ending up in Israel this week. And I agree absolutely with what Clinton said. We have no idea what is about to happen here. I mean, for Pete's sakes, they sent out planes last week already bringing everything he was taking over there. More planes are coming in. But then when the reports start coming out and you're finding out, why is he bringing an entire arsenal with him you really start to scratch your head because there's choppers coming in he's going to be driving around in this uh basically tank pretty much what this limousine is because it can't be destroyed very easily by what they've stated with the technology so why in the world is he bringing an entire military force in with him i I'm, Israel is having all kinds of chaos of their own. There's been scandals going on with Netanyahu. There's been all kinds of trouble there. People in Israel are very nervous about what's about to happen here with Trump. Some people see this might be a good thing. Some are going, we don't know what to think. In the midst of our own chaotic things happening in our own government, we got this deal. He's going in and talking to the Palestinians. Brought up the Pope. Everybody bring up the video from when the Pope stated, well, he said what Donald Trump truly was. And he ain't a Christian. And he called him on it. And it was quite a video when you see his response back. You might want to go and watch it. You might want to go and watch why, what the Pope actually said that fired him off. So he's meeting the Pope this week, too, which is rather peculiar. I mean, everybody thought that in Saudi Arabia, he was probably going to get lynched. But look, he came in there wheeling and dealing those lobbyists that put them in. They're getting $100 billion and $300-some billion over the course of how many years here? Folks, we have got the perfect storm has been set in place. We got movement going on towards Iran. We got posturing against North Korea, which does not look like it's going to be long. We had events happen here with Turkey. Syria now, the United States is being called to come in and do something. And we attacked Assad forces this week, not to even mention that the people that were being escorted out of these uh, de-escalation zones, they were lighting them up as they were coming out of there, civilians and everything. That's what the United States did this week. Call what that Russian stated. That Russian historian, when you have a war on three fronts, you have world war. Um, We're going beyond three fronts at this point. 
Macedonia, everybody, just handed over the reins to that Albanian group. Now, I put up some of the things about the West's role in this, the United States and some of the European Union and what they did. I posted those stories. And a native Macedonian came in, and I'm so glad he did this. He stated full well. We know who's behind this. We know their intent. And this ain't good. You know, folks, the Macedonians, they are, most of them, aligned with Orthodox churches and buried Christian organizations. Okay? This is not good what they're doing to them. And that thing's getting ready to explode. The whole Balkans is just in an absolute uproar as well. So this is just not enough time to even come close to covering anything because I would go over overtime here. And I think it's just time for me to stop there. And I hope I brought everything to light. I may have missed some things along the line here and didn't clarify. All right. Over to you guys. Well, Brian. Everything you had to talk about was such of massive importance. And and let me say this, backing all this stuff up, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this come out in J-Post, okay, this week. All right, this is real live and late breaking. Today. This came out today in J-Post. Here's the headline. Comment. Is Trump a false Cyrus? Unlike predecessor Truman, current president is deferring role as Lord's anointed one. Now, now look, ladies and gentlemen, just let me read from this article uh, in this Israeli news source. Let, let me stress that. This is Israeli news. One can only believe that the leader now stands at the front of the Cyrus movement is none other than U.S. President Donald Trump. Never has there been a leader since the times of Cyrus that has declared so emphatically his desire to help Israel, as if he is being directly spoken to through God. Already on the campaign trail, Trump, Trump said he would recognize Jerusalem as the eternal capital of the Jewish people, and on one occasion he declared himself to be totally pro-Israel. Indeed. Trump's role as the Cyrus the Great of this generation may not be to bring peace, let alone build a temple or even lay its foundations. His role may be to move the embassy to Jerusalem and convince the nations of the world that this is Israel's undisputed capital, which is something that hasn't been agreed upon since the times of Solomon. As reported Wednesday, Trump will likely stay silent on the embassy move during his visit to Israel next week. But the issue has been largely ignored for so many years. All signs point to the decision coming to its fruition from above, whether it's sooner or later. Absolutely off the charts. You know, Clinton, it was you that kept saying this, kept kept saying this, kept saying this. And it blew me away when... I was going over Israeli news like, wait a minute, I know that Knesset member. Uh, she was all fired up because the White House released that map of Israel, although it did not have 
the West Bank and the Golan Heights. So, Clinton, your your thoughts on all these ideas of the rise of another Cyrus the Great? Uh, absolutely off the charts. It, it blew my mind when I saw this this headline here today. Well, it uh, seems exactly like that. I mean, you have Trump who's kind of clarified himself as or classified himself as kind of like a crusader. Um, you know, he's he's making this whole Middle East crisis into uh, a religious war. Um, you know, I mean, first it started with the travel ban um, against Muslims. Uh, now he's calling upon Saudi Arabia and the rest of the Muslim world to rid out the Islamic terrorists. Um, and he's saying that uh, he is supporting Israel uh, and their greatest ally. But at this point, it kind of seems like doublespeak. So the comparison is very, um, I, I think, dead on. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about what Brian was talking about. Um, I was looking up some stuff uh, about North Korea. And this most recent missile test that they had um, was successful. Um, it was very successful. Uh, the missile took a steep parabolic route that tested its ability to survive re-entry into the atmosphere, with North Korea state uh, media reporting that the missile capable of carrying a large-sized heavy nuclear warhead to a target on the U.S. mainland had come through the worst re-entry situation and struck its intended target. So they just had a successful missile test that basically had a, a new, has the ability to have a nuclear warhead on it and hit the United States, and they just had that happen. Um, they also just came out, and uh, North Korea is saying that they have proof that the United States tried to assassinate the leader, Kim Jong-il. And uh, so they, they have just released this information, which is also going to condemn the United States in some way um, with this. Um, and then just real briefly to, to talk about the uh, hacking, um, more information came out about the, the hacking issue. Um, it was actually an NSA program. Uh, the NSA has been using these uh, hacking tools that are very aggressive uh, through a backdoor that Microsoft was unaware of. Um, and they did not want to tell Microsoft about it because, well, they were using this backdoor to basically hack and surveil everything. Well, what happened was someone came in and used this back door to use their own hacking program against them. And, and so that's kind of what's developed. Now, the reason that they're blaming North Korea is because, well, they blamed North Korea for hacking into Malaysia uh, back in, I think, December and stealing $80 billion uh, through the banking system. So, I mean, North Korea has been doing a lot of hacks and that's why they're stating this, um, which is kind of leading to, I think, the reason that this is going on. It's not necessarily because of the hacking. It's because of privacy issues. Uh, and we have uh, Theresa May, who is, uh, you know, the prime minister of, of the UK, um, who is coming out talking about how the government should be in control of what is seen on the Internet. And this is a quote. You know, she says, some people say that it's not for the government to regulate when it comes to technology and the Internet. And then she says, we disagree. Um, there's speculation that since Barack Obama gave over the Internet to, you know, UN and to basically uh, the UK, um, 
that there would be some kind of regulation because through the United States Constitution, they would not be able to regulate free speech. Well, now that it's no longer controlled by the United States, it can no longer be by by the Constitution. And so they are looking into regulating the Internet and, and regulating free speech. Uh, free speech is something that is new to the world. It's not a, a concept that many people throughout history have been able to have. And the Internet is the, the source that allowed people all over the world to have a voice. And I think this hacking thing is, is part of a way to start to restrict just that. So I'll hand it back to you, Matthew. I don't know, man. <laughs> this this is just so troubling. Oh my goodness! All, all I mean, you can talk about Iran, you can talk about North Korea, and then you know we have the North Koreans having a successful launch of this missile. But ladies and gentlemen, it was on last week's broadcast that I told you this that you know this successful launch of a super-cavitating torpedo. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, everything I looked at, it's staring you right in the face that Iran is obviously working with North Korea on their submarine programs. So this is going all kinds of ugly places. Now, now look, technically the UN should step in and stop us from violating the no-fly zones in Syria, because we're just... Ladies and gentlemen, l let me make sure that, that I explain this to you. The, the, the countries that come together and created these no-fly no zones was Syria, Turkey, Iran, and Russia. But literally, NATO should have stepped in and, and stopped us. I mean, that's... That was a declaration of war when you violate the countries that have signed a treaty for an no-fly zone. So we have Syria, we have Iran, we have North Korea. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you can't you can't see this coming. You don't know your history from World War One and World War One Part B. I mean, this can explode in a minute, and and we're here a few seconds in overtime. I, I definitely wanted to to say this first. I, I've got to say this um, about Greece. Uh, the Greek Parliament was attacked uh, this week, of course, by protesters um, because they approved more uh, austerity cuts massively, and um, this is the reason why. All 153 lawmakers and prime ministers, uh, Trecipice government coalition, back the legislation that includes new pension cuts and lower tax breaks, which are expected to save Greece of 4.9 billion euros. Now, now this is a direct quote from the opposition leader. Our country is being turned into an austerity colony, the leading opposition conservative stated, saying – during debate on the bill, describing added cuts as a nightmare for low earners, for low earners. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's let's just go back. All right, I'm going to go back to March. 
I'm going to go back to March. This is real. This was released March 8th. Greek farmers, long perceived to be the privileged recipients of the generous EU funds, have historically been exempt from taxation. However, the barrage of cuts and increases in prices of everything from fuel to fertilizers will hit them hard. Tax rates are expected to reach 26%, while pensions are being cut by as much as 22%. Wake up, ladies and gentlemen. Wake up. This is what's coming to your country. Okay, let me <clears throat> back to this week. Okay, this is the article. I've already stated it, but just to make sure you get it straight Greek Parliament approves more austerity measures amid protest. Greece's parliament has passed pension cuts and other measures in order to unlock another bailout. Protest against the latest austerity bill turned violent ahead of the vote in parliament. But, ladies and gentlemen, the reasons why the politicians did this, because if they did it, they were going to get more money for the banker bailout, and the people have had it. So they started, of course, what have I told you all to look for? What have I told you all to look for? What have I told you was going to happen? Just just go to the Reuters article, several other ones. Of course, you're going to see that burning because what did they start throwing? What was the protest about? Of course, Molotov cocktails. Ladies and gentlemen, this is coming. I mean… Surely you've understood what Clinton has told us all about this money. <laughs> Ladies well, and gentlemen, our bankers… The Balkans as well. Y yeah. The Balkans as well is, is exploding, but… Oh my goodness, ladies and it's gentlemen. It's part of the Balkans. Greece is part of the Balkans. Sorry to interrupt. Right. No, it's it's all right. Brian, I know. Trying to clarify that, trying to get the the, the magnitude of what's going on. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it, I, I just read you the number that the Greek bailout was going to be four, you know, point nine, whatever. That's not even remotely close to what our bankers have got. So this sets a precedent. They're cutting the pensions up. To 22%. Everybody's freaking out because, you know, this is the entire government. I read that article. All 153 cabinet members threw their constituents out the window and gobbled up that money as quick as they could. So I hope everybody understands that. You need to start putting things into perspective, and you need to try to wrap your mind around what God is warning you of. It's There are things – well, like, like during the break. I already brought this up. God is not trying to relay babbly book to you. 
in Revelation chapter 18 about what's going to go down here. Whenever he says that the sound of the mill will no longer be heard, you're supposed to understand what that means. The ground is going to be infertile. There's things – ladies and gentlemen, what do you think it means when the Lord your God says that the light of a lamp will not shine in you any longer? Ladies and gentlemen, don't you understand that wherever this location is, it cannot be even remotely close to the promised land? Ladies and gentlemen, the Greek is very exacting and emphatic about what it's saying. That's going to take place during Christ's millennial reign. Oh, no, 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 no. You need to look at it. You need to read it. You need to understand it because the Greek is saying it's not ever, period. That means this place is going to be uninhabitable in the 1,000-year reign of Christ because what does he tell you emphatically that's going to happen to, of course, uh, the entire planet? I mean I've talked about it so many times. You're told that one of the things are that all the people on the planet… Is going to have to bring their tithe to Jerusalem to the king once a year, or those that are set up over you will say you're not going to get any rain. He's obviously not talking about the locality that is mystery, Babylon. Now, you don't have to believe that a geology book will painfully and plainfully tell you. That one-third of the surface area on this planet is only one geographical location. <laughs> I, I guess that doesn't matter. But when the Lord your God says that one-third of the trees are going to burn, one-third of the great – ladies and gentlemen, he's expecting you to look it up and try to understand what he's saying, just like this millstone. Ladies and gentlemen, a mill <laughs> – a mill is not a musical instrument. It is used to pulverize grain so you might make bread. It's, it's not a musical instrument. Well, I wish somebody would have shut me up, I guess. Um, sorry about that little diatribe we're already into over time. Uh, Clinton, why don't you come in here with your closing thoughts? And uh, say goodbye to everybody first, and then we'll have Brian jump in here and give his closing thoughts and goodbyes. You know, everyone, thank you for joining us. Um, you know, I mean, we, we have so much information to talk about, and there's so much going on in the world, and it's easy to get distracted. Um, I guess the best advice I can give is, is just keep your, your focus on the ball. You know, we, we already know what the ball is, and that is Israel. And we need to watch what the developments are for that. Um, you know, thank you everyone for having us. Um, if you guys want to check uh, me out in any more detail, um, you can go to my website, clintoncowatch.com, and that's spelled K-O-W-A-C-H. And my Twitter has every, you know, all the news articles that we talked about uh, under just my name, Clinton Co-Watch, on Twitter as well. So thank you again for joining us, everyone. Bryce, step up to bat and get to uh, let everybody know what your plans are this new uh, new format you got going on uh, before we shut her down. All right, well, I'm going to bring up something real fast to clarify here, too, because I'm sure a lot of people are going to be upset about this. And I will get this video out there so you can see it. 
Now, basically, I stated before about Trump not being a Christian. Folks, you need to sit down and watch the interview inside of a church, his own words. He first said, I am the son of a carpenter. I am a carpenter. And then he goes on to be asked several times, have you ever asked for forgiveness? And he says, no, I have not. Because I just try to go along and do better. You know, I show up at my, my little mass and I drink my wine and eat my bread. You know, so that's got to count for something. Right, folks, I didn't make that statement without reason. And I'll be drawing all this together where Matthew just told me to bring up. I've got a new website started called OvertAttentionShow.com. Overt Attention is defined as selectively processing one location over others by moving the eyes to point at the location. And I'll be drawing all this information together on that site. We're going to be doing some new programs some exposés and some cutting-edge new material here on all kinds of different directions. But I'm also going to gather this stuff together so people can go there and they can look at this stuff and see it with their own eyes. And that'll be done. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. God bless. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, don't think that I dropped this into your lap because uh, this got dropped into my lap the same way. Uh, Brian already made the website, already made the YouTube channel, whole nine yards before I even got told anything about it. <laughs> so, uh, please don't think that we're just dropping this on everybody's head because this was, you know, I, I'm basically finding out the same 24 hour period that you all are. So, uh, l- ladies and gentlemen, I, well, there's some things I really did want to talk about, but how many minutes do I have left in overdrive? Uh, I got a couple of minutes. I, I, I've got to bring this to everybody's attention. There is a new particle accelerator. Does everybody remember what CERN is? Called Sesame. Now, this is straight from the article. Sesame is a play on word from the famous phrase "open sesame" and is meant to signal a new era of collaborative science. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's an understatement because this new sesame that they have opened, it doesn't make any sense because Israel and Jordan are not allies, uh, nor is – ladies and gentlemen, how are the Palestinians able to work on this? Do you know how many – Billions of dollars this would have taken. Well, I thought the Americans were sending them all the 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 Palestinians, you know, all this. Well, I need to stop right there. You know, it is a righteous thing that that we send the Palestinians money because they are in need. So let me get back to what my heart was saying. The Israelis, the Palestinians, the Jordanians, and the Iranians are not. They're not allies, and they have opened this new Sesame's uh, building, and, and, and I literally told you I've only got one question, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you realize that the Iranians and the Israelis and the Palestinians and the Jordanians – I didn't realize they even knew what Sesame Street was. Everybody goes on and on and on about CERN. I wonder if you heard about this. 
I suggest you look into it because me, I think I know what they're doing. Now that this has come to light, there's really only one reason why they would want to do this and why these countries would get involved to opening it. I mean, everyone I just mentioned, I mean, this this article comes right out and says it. Despite political tensions and rows, uh, the countries usually hostile to each other are jointly supporting the opening of this venture. Ladies and gentlemen, Sesame Street's not in Arabic. It's... The Iranians have no idea what Sesame Street is, right? So why would they name this particle accelerator Open Sesame? Because it obviously has nothing to do with what you've been told it has something to do with. Until next time, gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.